All right, okay. Hey, Iron, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm very well, Will. All the better for seeing your face. Ah, oh, <laughs> make my day, brighten my day up. film, buddy. It's pretty hot at the moment, isn't it? It's pretty, pretty damn hot It's pretty, pretty toasty. We're both wearing vests. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> For the listeners, Will was just telling me how much he wanted to buy another vest. That was the conversation before this. <laughs> That's... That is how it was how thrilling. Our it was thrilling. Will was telling me in detail how he'd had this vest since he was at university and he wanted to buy another one. And I was like, okay, that's a, that's a good story, bro. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Actually, this, this vest I bought in Argentina. So, okay. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty special to me. Anyway. Anyway. To the film. Enough patter. Enough patter. Um, so this week, this episode, we have an Oscar winner on the podcast. Yes, you heard that right, an Oscar winner. Indeed. Uh, yeah, we've had a BAFTA, um, BAFTA winner with Mark Jenkins, yeah. and now we have on the podcast Chris Overton, who, for yes. his uh, short film The Silent Child, he won the Academy Award for Best Live Action Short Film. Which is nuts. Boom. Which is nuts. Boom. We 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 did the uh, recording in his um, studios where the Oscar was sat right next to us. I know. Um, and if you want to, we we unashamedly. Took <laughs> yeah, check out our Insta, and you can see Will and I standing there holding the Oscar, looking thrilled yeah. to be there. It's pretty pretty epic. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like yeah, as Will was saying, Chris was kind enough to invite him into his invite us into his office to uh, to talk to him, and we talked about loads. So. We spoke a lot about his journey, I suppose, from being an actor. Yeah. Um, so he did. He's done a child actor. Yeah, he started off as a child actor, and he worked with amazing filmmakers like Joel Schumacher, Rome Polanski. Um, as well, he played a lead role in the BAFTA award-winning film Pride. And uh, yeah, and then we talk also about the his short film, A Silent Child. We get we get into the nitty gritty of that and how he got it made, uh, and then also the craziness that was the road to getting an Oscar. Mm. Um, and then actually what happened afterwards and what kind of offers he was given afterwards and the decisions that he then made to actually continue making short films and build his company, Slick Films. Yeah. Um, which we thought was just like, it's just super, super interesting to to hear his perspective on, on the industry and short films. And he goes into actually how he... Um, makes money from from his short films mm. and how he distributes them um and then we go into we go into the new short that he's just made um called leader yeah so um, he made that entirely on a smartphone with shammy studios we think we're pronouncing that correctly and yeah and also we touch a little bit as well on his debut feature film project uh, which is uh, yeah. currently in development which is very exciting but yeah, this was such a thrill for us, and yeah, Chris was so lovely, and um, yeah, we got a lot out of it. I mean, personal favorite part for me was just that, you know, finding out what happens after you win the Oscar, because like we don't really yeah. know, or not many people get that sort of insight. So, yeah, we were thrilled to be there. Yeah, it's a side of um, the short film process that, that neither of us have, have, have any experience in. Um, so it was awesome to hear hear that, and then how he reacted and. And what he did afterwards, I thought was amazing. But yeah, so much to learn in this one. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Cool. Let's get into it. We're in the slick offices. And uh, yeah, we're surrounded by posters and and an actual Oscar. Yeah, it's on Yarn's left. It's quite yeah. quite crazy. <laughs> quite crazy. It's just yeah. there. Yeah, mad. Um, yeah, thank you so much for inviting us down and 
and yeah pleasure to be here to t- chat to you about your work yeah you're so welcome um thanks for having me on it's yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm a fan of the podcast so yeah it's a real pleasure oh that means a lot awesome. to us um, i think we were gonna just get uh stuck right in uh, i think our first question was um so you started out acting and we wanted to talk about um like your decision to then start directing what motivated that and then talking about a bit about the journey there so you know people often ask you this question um and for me there was an actual moment where i fell in love with film that i can remember and it was um when we were doing a school project and uh, we had to we were doing a bit of filming like we were in dressed in uh world war Two outfits and and i found that that part of it actually quite stressful so nothing's changed and um uh but it was the editing so um uh one of the people in my project group knew how to edit and um i just couldn't believe it like i couldn't believe how you could manipulate the shots and like the transitions and it was on a i'm i'm going to show my age now but um uh, it was on a program called pinnacle 8 um and ever since then really i never looked back like i kind of begged my mom for a, a camera and um this was i was around about 13 years of age and um yeah i kind of told a white lie and said oh we have to have one for school my birthday was coming up so i was i was was very lucky to kind of get like my first camera and then i um yeah used uh, my experience as an actor like on set to kind of i was making films i I was very lucky to i did a film called oliver twist with roman polanski yeah and i was just using the set and like the airport to kind of you know make little films and then i would just go home and edit them and on the weekends to stay out of trouble um i would um yeah I, i would i would make films pretty much every weekend and just get all the neighborhood kids from around the area it was either that or get into trouble because i was from quite a, a rough area really and um yeah it, it was it was a probably a better decision to make a film on the weekend or make, do, you do something with the camera do something creative so i think it kept me out of trouble really and so, so you're making films on the set so you're watching like roman polanski work or you know and, and and making films on the sets or using that experience and then going home and going oh i saw him do that and i'm gonna go and do this with my mates kind of thing a, a bit of both i guess okay. um you know I, like i said but when we travel we, we filmed oliver twist in prague so uh, my mom was my chaperone sometimes someone it, it was it was someone else and I would they I would just say oh can you do this shot of me or I would even like extend my arm and like be looking out of an airplane window or you know and 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 then I would just take the camera on set and do do things in the trailer um but if I wasn't filming I had like a little notebook I was like watching uh Roman Polanski work and I, I, then I, I, I didn't quite realise, you know, um, what, what a big deal he was. I was only, I think I was only like, I was like four, 13 or 14, I think, when I did that. Maybe like 14 years old and, you know, it's only later in life I've understood, you know, whatever you think about him. Like, it, it, you know, he's a, he's one of cinema's greatest filmmakers. So, yeah, it was a real honour to, to work with him and... And the same kind of happened with uh, a director who's who's not around anymore. It's called Joel Schumacher. He did like you know, falling one, down. Yeah, yeah, one of the Batman's, and um, yeah, that was kind of a sim- similar thing. So I'm quite lucky as an actor to watch some really good directors and take note. Yeah. Right. And then was the when you so when you were growing up, were you always like, I love acting and I love directing and I want to do both side by side because there's, I guess, yeah 
kind of um, in this industry, usually you're either one thing or you're the other thing. But you, yeah, you, you kind of have straddled both worlds. Yeah, I think um, I definitely started making films so I could put myself in as an actor. <laughs> I was always in the films, you know, um, or I was the lead role. or So it was definitely, it, it, it was birthed out of that, being able to kind of, yeah, put myself or give myself more acting work, I guess. And then I kind of, went went away to college didn't really do much and then someone again later on in life bought me a camera again and I, it all kick-started uh, around the age of about 18 19 I just kept playing around with a camera and then I decided decided to start a company and I registered the domain for slick films which at the time was called slick show reels which is still going today so you know for anyone that doesn't know slick show reels helps actors uh, break into the industry by making them beautiful showreels and um, I guess our aim with that is to just be the best showreel company um, and offer like the best service um, and, and you then, set that up when you were 19 right I registered the domain when I was 19 and I think okay. I yeah got going not not long after that um, and yeah I just started with editing people's showreels like my first the first showreel uh, that I edited was my own um, and I think it, it it came from me trying to save a bit of money actually and um, uh, my agent was like you need a showreel uh, so I was like okay well I kind of knew how to edit um, and I kind of wanted to use that as a test that if my agent didn't know it wasn't edited professionally then I, I got maybe it's yeah, a, okay. you know he's seen loads of showreels and he's an agent so he didn't notice he didn't notice that I edited the show I was like okay and then a couple of my friends saw it and was like can you edit my showreel so and then next thing you know like I made a website and had a few examples and then I'd turn my hand to filming showreels and then that kind of developed and it just really took off um, and then I still, at that point, I, I don't think I really knew. I, I loved film and I loved acting. Um, I definitely wouldn't have called myself a director at that point. But I, I you know, I did sound recording. I did uh, uh, cinematography. I did a bit of directing. I loved acting. So I, I was kind of learning all the different elements um, and, and roles that you do on a film set. And then it really was kind of meeting Rachel um, and she said she had this idea for a film um, that she really wanted to write um, called Silent Child. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Could you, could you give us the premise of The Silent Child just for yeah, anyone so who hasn't seen it? The Silent Child um, is about uh, a deaf four-year-old girl born to a hearing family who's kind of given the gift of communication via a social worker. And that social worker is played by by Rachel and you you, you see uh, you see this little girl really blossom um, and you know sign uh, deafness isn't a, a learning difficulty um, it's just there's this barrier of communication so her family uh, they they can't communicate with her she's the only one who is deaf in the family um, and they haven't learned sign language but when she learns sign language yeah she really starts to come out of her shell and and you see that she's this beautiful bright intelligent little girl um so yeah that's the premise of the story it, it's, it's like 78 percent of deaf children are born to hearing families is that 
and then because because yeah. that's the whole idea isn't it of of trying to create an understanding there of yeah i mean there's a there's yeah there's a large percentage of of deaf children born to hearing parents and um it's yeah i think it, it can be quite frightening for hearing parents and they, they don't know how to navigate that um so yeah, I think uh, Rachel's dad was deaf. Um, um, he's not around anymore, but she felt compelled to continue that message. And so, so you know, she learned sign language and um, the film was birthed out of that. And a lady that she lived with in LA while she was filming a show called Switched at Birth, um, the story was inspired by kind of her life. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was obviously a very long journey, but that's really when when Rachel wrote that script and I read that for the first time, like that's when I became a director. And that was your first like directing experience then that short film. Apart, obviously, you know, you've been directing the show reels and things like that. But I guess your first film that you'd yeah made it, yeah. it was my first proper film, I think, um, because yes, I did direct show reels, little corporate videos. We did a research documentary before that which on IMDb probably looks like my first film, but it was never released and it was just to support uh, support The Silent Child. So it was like just just a research documentary um, that no one's ever seen. Um, so yeah, The Silent Child was was uh, I, I, what I call my debut short film. It's yeah. pretty Mad. extraordinary. <laughs> like, it just shows, I, I suppose, like what you were able to gather from being on so many sets with so many great directors, that's sort of the lesson I'm taking from that story. Does that ring true to you? I think so, yeah. Uh, a bit of luck as well, you know. There's always a bit of luck in, in achieving something like that, for sure. Like And timing, you know, luck with the timing of a group of people that had something to prove. And uh, Rachel's passion of 12 years birthed into a script and it just so timed that Maisie Sly, the actress um, who played Libby, the little deaf girl in the story, was just exactly the right age at the right time. And she just so happened to be unbelievable in that yeah, role. Yeah, you know, there was so many factors yeah. that you we, you just couldn't recreate. And, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was meant to be really, I think. Um, but yeah, thank you. It's very, very kind of you to say. I, I, I personally put everything down to um yes working as an actor i think I, i've i've i'm you know um i love working with actors i'm not scared to work with actors big or small um but it, it really was working on the showreels and doing hundreds and hundreds of scenes and failing time and time again and making your craft and yeah learning mistakes I'm a, I'm a big advocate for failing like um i think it's good to fail i, I want to fail quicker you know, um, I think that's that's the best way you learn, really. Because yeah. I guess on the surface you can say you can say, oh, it's bit, it was my first short film and I won an Oscar. But really, you'd made so much stuff before then and honed your craft so much that actually maybe that was the perfect moment to make that film. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, people say a lot about a, a, a lot about actors that look like an overnight success. But yeah, I, I, I really I had been you know learning film and watching since I was thirteen. And then kind of 13 years later, um, you know, on the set of my first film, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, yeah it, it really was the show reels and just, and learning, um, how to work with actors and, and having nothing, you know, we, we would do them with like just two crew members and you have to make something look good. So, yeah. hmm. and I didn't even really, when we started doing show reels, I didn't even 
understand. I just didn't get it. We were kind of making it up as we were going along. Like we wouldn't even, if I was directing a showreel, sometimes I would, I would always read the script the night before, but I wouldn't plan shots. I would, I learned to kind of improvise, um, directorially. Um, so the first thing we do is get the actors to read it. And then I would be like, okay, let's do it like this, or let's do this in one shot. You know, I would never do that now. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm so meticulous in wanting to storyboard as much as I can, um, and everything is planned. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I started. So um, I think that was quite a good skill looking back now. So if ever I am in a position where things have to change, I'm like, oh yeah, I just, I can improvise. I just go off an instinct. So... Yeah, I wouldn't advise that though. <laughs> <laughs> I think instinct can sometimes be better, you know, but with planning as a back backup, you know, to yeah. get you there. Can I uh, can I ask one more question about um, how you got the Silent Child made? Because I think a lot of times there's like the the myth the mythical myth around like you, wow, you won an Oscar. It must have cost so much money, and it must have been funded by big funding body, but it wasn't, right? I, it, and and it di- didn't have that massive budget or anything like that, did it? No, it was so hard to get it made. It really, really was. Um, and the budget, we actually got less than £10,000 to shoot with, you know, um, and uh, we crowdfunded. That's how we did it. But there was such a long road before that. We tried, it felt like we tried everything. We we applied for, you know, all the funding bodies. We, we went everywhere and we just got no's, you know, rejection after rejection. And um, we were like, right, well, it kind of come to the end of this, miserable road of not really getting anywhere and we're like well this is scary but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a crowdfunding campaign and that was so hard you know just to get ten thousand pounds and we had this really um uh, you know amazing story with a strong message and it, it just it wasn't easy but anyway we got the money and then you get the money and you go oh crap we have to make it now <laughs> yeah um but it it, it was done with so much blood, sweat and tears. And I don't know how on earth we did it really. Um, I think, you know, there was a core team of us that, you know, no one was, it, it was it was done on a lot of favors and, and uh, you know, pr- producing everything that I direct, I think that is a big, big money saver. Um, and with the rest of the core team um, and other members of the crew that kind of gave their time, like we're very lucky and I owe a lot of, uh, I owe a lot to everybody involved in that film. Hmm. Um, just thought we'd skip ahead maybe slightly in your sort of filmmaking journey, I suppose. Um, so yeah, you've had this incredible success with this short film and you won the Oscar. We were actually really curious about what happens after you win the Oscar. Like, was it everything that you sort of expected? Were all the doors open to you? Because um, we, we're, we're con- conscious that this is a side of filmmaking that we don't often see and we wondered if we uh, we could get your you on that if i look back now i think the best thing that happened was going from an idea in rachel's head to the oscar stage and beyond because what that did was allowed us to experience every nook and cranny of of like making a short film going through that process because actually i think a lot of filmmakers only do 70 percent of it all the time they never do that next bit um it's only when a film becomes that successful that you get to see that other side of the filmmaking thing that i think exists perhaps more in the feature film world so the truth is that we just we were not prepared 
at all. It was the first thing we did. Um, you know, we didn't have anything lined up. So when people were like, oh, what's next? You know, you go to these film festivals and we were quite annoyed that people were going, well, we, you know, it was so naive, but people were like, so what's next? And we're like, um, well, we just this. made this kick-ass film. <laughs> we're, we're like, well, this, we're just taking this around. And like, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, so naive. Um, obviously, the whole point of getting success is is that you can then go hey well can you help me make this we weren't ready you know um, that's the truth but we never planned to win an oscar we never we we honestly we didn't even know when we were when we were filming it that you could win an oscar for a short film it was only on the <laughs> no way. honestly no way. on the first day of set i remember um our dp saying you know um he he had these glasses on and um he uses them to film everything and they were a bit broken. He says, I'm going to take these to the, the Oscars. And everybody laughed like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and did he bring them to the Oscars? Yeah, he, he did. He did. Oh, yeah. And, um, but, but really we just didn't know about that. We didn't know even how to make a film, let alone like what you do with a film once it's done. It was only really when we were like in the editing process that we started to look at film festivals and they were like, right. Okay. There's, Oscar qualifying film festivals and then someone said oh god this film could win a BAFTA and and we're like what you know like yeah, it, yeah. you start to actually realize what what you've you've done is actually you know perhaps quite important um and then you yeah you you, you obviously discover the world of film freeway and you go oh okay and then you know when we won Rhode Island um we um we we won the grand jury prize there and that meant we could submit for the Oscars. So we didn't know what that really meant or how the process worked. And then everyone after was like, right, well, you better get your submission in. And we were like, what does that mean? You know, like it's closing soon. And we were like, okay. It's because Rhode Island was in August. And I think the, the you, you, you know, you send your application off and they write a letter and say, this is our chosen film from the festival. Oh. So, so can I just go back for, for so right, so to get shortlisted for the Academy Award, you have to win something like Rhode Island or an Oscar qualifying festival. You have to win. You can't just get in. You have to win and then they submit it, basically. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's um, that's the main way of doing it. I think there's also a way of... For, you can fourth wall a film, which is like you can play a short film in a cinema for like two weeks or something, twice a day. I don't know what the rules are, but... That's that's one way of as well of getting onto that long list. But I would, personally, I, I I wouldn't like to do that. I'd prefer to get through on to the long list on merit. So, um, yeah, you have to. There's, a, there's I think there's about a hundred to one hundred and fifty Oscar qualifying film festivals. If you get in, I mean that's a celebration. Yeah. If you get into one of those, like you know, at the moment we we we. So yeah, Leader just got into uh, an Oscar qualifying film festival, and we're you know we're it's like a huge celebration. So yeah. um, so to actually win one, I think is a massive achievement. But when you do win one, you get into a pool of I don't know, 150, 200 other films that have all won awards or won the grand jury prize at an Oscar qualifying film festival then that gets shortlisted down to it was 10 films it's now 15 um and and that's where we were like we were in this pool of 
of films that were all amazing and we were like we just didn't think anything more of it you know we were just like well there's no chances that the i think there was something like 180 films or something like that i mean you know to get down to the final 10 like the odds are just uh, yeah so when we did we just got an email the night before it was announced to the public and that was just like oh my god we're down to the last 10 like that would have been enough um, and then, yeah, you, they announce it and your email inbox goes absolutely bonkers. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's, it's in, quite insane, really, and quite intimidating. <laughs> and then, yeah, 10 become five, like which, which happened to us. There's this whole live Oscars announcement. And, you know, every year that happens and every year a group of filmmakers get that special, incredible journey that they go on and then you get to bloody go to the Oscars and... I think for us, more than anything, it was being able to take Maisie, the little girl, um, to the Oscars. Yeah, it's it's it was insane uh, to be able to to do that and give her that opportunity, and um, and then we and then we won, and then you're at the Oscars, and then that happens, and it's crazy, um, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you're saying like so, so amazing. <laughs> you weren't yeah great to hear from yeah from our perspective, like to yeah speak to someone real time who's been through all that. But I um, mean, yeah. So the aftermath of that is that was there. There must have been positives and people trying to approach you. And was that something that allowed you to essentially bring slick films to what it is today? The fact that you won the Oscar. Yeah, I think a lot changes, and then also nothing changes. Um, I think as we weren't weren't prepared or we didn't have a project ready to go, we just kept saying like uh, people were asking us what's next, and we would just say uh, the Silent Child feature film we, with no thought really, and then. And then I think what you get is this humongous amount of pressure and um, it's kind of like getting the keys to a Ferrari after just passing your test. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's the best way I can describe it. That's a good it. analogy, I think. It's, yeah. it's, it's a strange thing. And, you know, suddenly we are in these rooms with these big companies that you dream of working working with. And, and um, you know, some of those relationships we've built up are, you know... Um, advantageous today um uh but then yeah i think me and rachel were a little bit paralyzed by it if we're honest it's it was quite daunting we had huge imposter syndrome and and you are offered a lot you know i, I had a, an american agent straight away and I, they were saying can we attach you to this feature film and this feature film and this feature film and i was just like you know reading the script and it was like johnny opens the door of his mustang and i'm like i, I can't do that that's like page one and i'm like you know so that's funny that they would give you that it doesn't totally anything to do with your short as well they're just like oh you want an oscar here's a film you can make a film like yeah and, that... and i think honestly i'm so i'm very proud of myself for actually not taking that you know like because i could have ended up doing like a couple of feature films that just really wouldn't have meant anything to me. And I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do that. You know, I've, I've kind of, I, we both decided to learn our craft, you know, um, go away, learn what it's like to be a filmmaker, make other short films. Um, and I, 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 and now I can say, oh, well, you're never ready to make a feature film probably, but I certainly feel more ready now than, than when I did, um, you know, after the, the silent child. So, um, and, and so, so then, uh, instead of taking those features and everything, you decided to set slick films up and what does slick films do as well? Is that a big question that we had? Yeah. I mean, slick films was kind of, 
yeah, it was already going, but it was in kind of another form. Um, you know, it was we were doing like corporates, showreels, and so the the company existed, but really, I guess our debut film was was the Silent Child, and then I just I found it difficult to turn anybody away that shared the same experience of wanting to make a film um, or a short film. And if it was a good script and it was in line with the company, I, I was very much like, yeah, let, let's do it. Let's, um, I, I, you know, kind of know how we've been on quite a unique journey. I think we can help. And then before Just to you... in- yeah, interrupt there. Sorry. Yeah, that's um, right. But um, yeah, it kind of strikes me as well that you could have just gone on the path of just making your own stuff, but you've decided to bring people along for the ride sort of thing and be a production company that's producing other short films. Was that a very conscious decision on your part or is that just something you thought, Oh no, this, this feels right. I, th- I, th- I mean, I think so. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I hope to have a company that can help people tell their stories um, that are in line with, with what we want to do. You know, we try to shine a light on, on subjects that can change the world. You know, I know that's a big statement, but with the silent child it, it that actually did happen um you know i it, it, uh, it, people might think that the biggest achievement is winning the oscar but actually we we don't think that we think it's the fact that it was at the united nations it was screened in the houses of parliament it was certainly a contribution to um the bsl being introduced the bsl bill uh, being backed by the government um just only last year you know it started this this awareness off and that that's what we're most proud of and a lot of the films that we take on have the potential to do just that um so i think it's you know it's definitely that if we see the potential um in some filmmakers and they want to make a change and it it aligns with our values then we kind of want to help them um and i i don't know i i think having gone through that unique journey i really enjoy nurturing supporting mentoring other filmmakers and like you guys making this podcast you learn you know what you never stop learning i learned i've learned so much from helping other people make their shorts and and i'm really ambitious i I want slick films to be uh, a company that people recognize is is doing doing big things in cinema okay can i go because i think this is really interesting for for anyone listening actually um just going back to the mentoring and helping these people. So if someone has a short idea and they don't really know how to get made, what, what, one, what advice do you have to them? And two, what would you say they need to send to you? What kind of things do you expect? Is it a script, a treatment? Like how do they, how do they, and then what happens after that if you like the script and, and get on with them? Yeah, so I mean, currently, as of today, we are like, we're, our doors have to be closed until we we're not at capacity anymore we just we're, we're full to the brim with with um with projects and um we can only do so much we're not a massive team um so yeah uh when the doors do open again uh usually we have like something on our website where people can submit their uh their short um we do run competitions we we've got one at the moment um with outstanding screenplays which is like a a really cool company um so the winner of that, we will produce their short film. Um, but I'm a very visual person. So um, I I like uh, looking at a treatment. 
Um, that's the first thing I'll do. And presentation is is huge for me. If it's well designed, um, it'll draw me in. Um, whereas Rebecca and Rachel, they they might just read the script first, or or they 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 would be gravitating towards that initially. I think it's how do you get someone initially, um, and. And there is a bit of a process, I think. I, I read the treatment. If I get to the end and I go, wow, yeah, I can completely see what the director wants to do. Those Im- the image referencing is so important. If there's just a, a page of imagery, I'm just like, yes, I get that. Like I can see what they want to do. And the story's good and it, it, it aligns with what we're trying to do at Slick. Then I'll read the script. If I read the script and it's good, then, yeah, I'm, I'm, we kind of just... if. if we, our motto is, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So we read, we read so many great scripts, but like for it to be a hell yes, it's got to tick a lot of boxes. You know, it's got to align with what we want to do as a company. Um, but yeah, presentation, treatment. Um, I think we have a lot of people like on a daily basis, we will get people now asking us to you know can they help us support their short film can we can can they work with us which is we're such in such a fortunate position we really are um and it can be overwhelming sometimes because i don't like not getting back to people um and sometimes you feel like you're drowning in in short films and scripts (laughs) um but yeah i've just had to come to the point where i've had to accept that we're going to miss out on some great projects it's just the way it is you know i had a uh, an email yesterday and I was just like oh, God, it pains me to send to send this email to say look come back we're, you know in 12 months time we'll be open again but we've got to do it you know yeah, yeah. my we- friend sent you an email yesterday right yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's probably that guy right yeah potentially yeah. And, and, and and um it's hard it's it kills me because yeah, i'm just yeah. like i know what it's like to yeah. to yeah. be that person that needs desperately needs to get get their film made so it's just something I have to swallow each time. And, um, you know, um, but, but yeah, there's but only with, so much we can do. Yeah. and But with the Hell Yeah projects, what's the, it's a Hell Yeah. What is, what do you, you guys produce it then? Or you are the product, you're the executive producers. What's the, yeah, just trying to understand what that happens. So me, Rebecca and Rachel always like to throw ourselves in the hat. So, you know, there are films that, we uh, we direct and produce and we're right in the thick of it, like Into Deep and Leader. They're our most recent ones where we've collaborated. Um, but yeah, um, the the other films we will exec produce um, and we will just be there for the guidance. We set them up with, the, you know, to kickstart them with a little bit of funding. Um, and um, I think we're quite good and we've gone through the process so many times because we've got quite a large slate. Um, we, we're able to kind of guide and point them in the right direction, but we very much believe that it's writer, director, producer led, and we really like to encourage them. We never like, you know, I don't know what other organizations are like, but we love to give them the freedom and for their voice to be heard. Um, and then we're just kind of here if they need us. And um, if they want our opinion, we'd love to give it, but we don't like to... We'd never like to force that. That's really important for us, you know. It's just about nurturing and guiding, really. Well, you heard it here, listeners. Yeah. I know if, you've got, if you've got an idea, send it um, Chris's way. Come the future at some point. Um, 
but yeah, like just going, I guess, back a bit to the last like five years since since you you got the Oscar. Um, so the focus has mainly been on nurturing other work, other talent. What other projects have you been developing? What have I been developing personally? Sorry, as a as a as a director. Yeah. So. It- I, I was very keen to learn my craft. Mm-hmm. Same with Rachel, same with Rebecca. Um, so for me personally, I wanted to do three short films. Um, so I've done that now. And Within uh, like before you made the jump to features. Yeah, basically. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we can't say too much about our feature film at the moment, but we've, it's been, de- been in development for a while. And we've got, we've got a slate of features actually. And th- there's, um, they're, they're all really exciting stories that, again align with the values of slick films um and it's it's a very different world i think um of course there are a lot of similar similarities but um yeah that's really what we've been working on um trying to break into the feature world and we're so excited to do that and we know it'll happen um and that's always my uh my outlook, like I will make this film. I don't care if it takes 20 years. I'm going to make it, you know. Um, Rachel's more like impatient, I think. I'm, and I'm, in, I'm impatient as well. But um, yeah, we, 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 we're very good in that sense. I think we, we bounce off each other. Um, so her, her strengths are probably my weaknesses and, and vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think she's got a really good attitude of just getting out there and getting it done. Like, you know, her, her saying is uh, done is better than perfect because I will I will just be, you know, going over details and de- and it'll be quite it can be qu- quite slow in the in the development. You know, just going out there and and shooting. I think sometimes you do just have to do it. You really do, you know. But yeah, I can get lost sometimes in the detail and Rachel and Rebecca can are very good at like pulling me back and just saying no just like you know let's just and let's just it. get it out done is better than perfect you know yeah, i love that done is better than perfect i do sometimes feel like when you're you're making films you can sometimes just be i'm actually i'm not a filmmaker i'm, de- I'm just developing <laughs> you're like yeah. when it's like actually let's go let's go make something it doesn't matter and it's getting it's just great to make stuff isn't it just to go out and it doesn't need to win an oscar it doesn't need to you know it's just to make it no, mm-hmm. and I think that's what held us back because really, when you do win an award like that, it do, you do we did we just we just were frozen because nothing we nothing we could possibly do next would ever be good enough. We were never going to yeah. top that. Um, and as soon as we got over that, that's when we were free, and we were like, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, you know, Rachel and Rachel wrote some amazing scripts that you know, we should have just done, but both of us just didn't think they were good enough um, at the time, which is crazy. Looking back now, I'm like, oh my God. Thankfully now we are, <laughs> we are kind of bringing them back into the fold and developing them into features actually um, and building up our feature film slate. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, we thought we'd maybe change tact a little bit here um, and just talk about, I guess, your perception on short films in the industry generally. So I read an interesting interview where you talked about how you felt that short films are only going to get more and more popular because attention spans are diminishing because of social media. Do you have any, like, I guess, more specific predictions about, um, yeah, about that? I mean, I'm biased, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) I I love short film. So Um, do we. So yeah, we love it. Yeah, I do. I do though. I do believe that uh, the attention spans of people are getting shorter and you can see Netflix and Amazon and bigger streamers 
embracing short film. Um, I think what will happen is there will be easier ways to distribute short films and monetize them. However, I think it will become more competitive. So <laughs> it will kind of cancel itself out. Um, I think I think they're just... Without short film, I really don't know how people break into the industry. I know some people do it through music videos and then they go and do their first feature. Some people are lucky enough to just, you know, the one in 1,000 will go and do their first feature with nothing or they'll be, they'll be quite a big actor and go and do it. Yeah, so I, I, I predict that short films will be, become more more and more popular i guess and you will see them more and um and so will film festivals i think um it's it's hard isn't it when you after a busy day you you get in and you want to you want to watch something i think it's hard to watch a three-hour film or a two-hour film or even an hour and a half film but if you can watch like a little 15 20 minute film and learn something and it can hit you i think what what will be a what will happen is the the cream will rise to the top. The exceptional short films and the craft behind them and the the ones with a really unique story will just I think there'll be a something in place for those to be monetized. And I mean it kind of happens with the the awards and stuff like that. But there's so many so many amazing short films every single year um that don't make it that far. Um you know, I I'm a I'm very fortunate to be able to vote uh, on the Oscars every year and, and particularly in the short film category so I see so many short films every year and I'm just like oh my god how did that not get through like yeah, yeah, honestly yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy the amount of talent out there intimidating but you've just got to Go get, get your head yeah. down and um, speak from the heart I think yeah. and so do you think um, streamers like i know movie for example has short films on its platform but do you think so netflix will start doing something like that or do you think there'll be a short film streaming platform or there'll be like a new series of short film streaming platforms out there for distribution basically i think netflix are already doing it aren't they are they doing short films yeah there's a few on there there's a few i think they commission like not loads by any means i don't think but yeah no you're right not loads but they're they're definitely on there Mm -hmm. um I was showing my nephew a short film called Robin Robin by Aardman. That, that oh, was nominated telling for an me it's Oscar. a Christmas film, right? I or think it, a... it is quite Christmassy, yeah. Okay. It's just amazing, and, yeah, and they yeah. absolutely loved it. And for children, that like the attention spans are you know Perfect. even yeah. Yeah. shorter than ours. Um, so they loved they loved that. Yeah. I guess actually, it's like the 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 public in general probably don't know they really exist. It's like it's a filmmaker thing, right? Because, like you say, it's like how else do you get in? You have to make short films, um, and I love making them; they're great. But it's like, I guess people don't really know know about them. Maybe mm. is that? Do you think? Yeah, I think. Um, do you mean like the general public? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, can't, I can't. Like all my none of my housemates make films. They have nothing. No, no idea. They would never. I don't think they only know about them because of me. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, um, yeah, just intrigued by that. Maybe there's just not an awareness of them. You I, think, know. I think you're right, but I think it, you've got to hit the mainstream first. So when Netflix yeah. and Amazon and Mubi and places like that have little shorts, then then I think it, they will become more popular. That's where to start because that's really where everyone is watching content mm. right now, isn't it? And yeah. YouTube. Um, but I, I think I think you're so right about that. The general public don't really know about them. I remember, you know when we had our, our first uh, like 
screening of 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 uh, the Silent Child. I think a lot of people were like, "Is that it?" You know, yeah, they were this like, "Oh wow, yeah, time. great, but it's so short." <laughs> yeah. And it's like, "Yes." Do you have any idea? It's a short film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think they are. Um, you know. I think they need an explanation yeah. to to anybody that doesn't or isn't aware. Like, yeah. just so you know, this is this is a short. This is an art form, and it's within itself. They're usually part of a program. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it needs that explanation, doesn't it? Um, do you have any suggestions for like how to monetize your short film, and and how do you do that at Slick Films? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Um, well, we work with. Um, an amazing company uh, called Network Island Television. And, w- w- you know, going back to The Silent Child, once it was announced to the public, we had so many distributors kind of ch- chasing us for distribution. Um, and they were kind of the only company, really, that we felt comfortable with. They were... We were very precious about the film, like, and the message and the message behind it. And they were... I think it felt like they were the only ones that really cared about that. Um, and that kind of listened to us and uh, we we wouldn't we refused to kind of release the film out there without subtitles burned in and other distributors were like nope that can't happen and we're like well I'm sorry but we have to and they were like we will make this work we will and they were just brilliant so I, I can't recommend Network Island uh, television enough they are just amazing and uh, they distribute some great films and they're just, they're a small company, uh, Derry and Sive. Um, yeah, we have a great relationship with them. So they're always our first port of call. So if we've got a film, we'll take it to them. And they don't, they, you know, they're very honest. There's a couple of films that we've we've sent to them and they're like, this just isn't for us. So we, you know, we'll try other, other avenues. But um, yeah, I think you have to be patient with the sale of a short film. And I think... The key to, I always say this, the key to uh, making a profit on a short film um, or making even your money back is two things. It's huge festival success and a very low budget. Yeah. I th- honestly, I think it's very difficult to do that. I'm sure there's there's other filmmakers. I know you spoke to another guy called Hansel, and I'm 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 halfway through that podcast, so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what he says about that. But um, but yeah, that that's my experience anyway. It's I think it's it's difficult to do that unless those two factors are in place. I, I hope to find, um, you know, more ways of of distributing films and and monetizing them really. Mm. So Network Island TV. Uh, so you you said you um, say one of your new shorts has done well on the festival circuit. You'd reach out to them, and if it fits, it fits, and then they would buy a territory, or they buy it just outright, or, I, I or guess, it depends how it does on their network, I guess. Yeah, I think it's easy for them to go to people. They go to loads of the film markets, so they uh-huh. go to Clement Ferrand and uh, other other film markets, and then they kind of just sell the film all over the world. I think. Um, and there's so many different options, like airlines, you know, uh, there's uh, loads of VOD platforms and uh, educational platforms. Like, so it, it, it depends on it depends on the film. But like, yeah, we very much trust them with with their connections. They're just they're just good business people and they're just nice, you know, and I think that that sometimes can get forget and forgotten in this industry. Just like being nice and being friendly and approachable 
can can be a great thing you know? yeah, yeah so yeah that's that's why we've connected with them just because we yeah it's like any business relationship isn't it if you if you get on with them and you gel and you have some common ground then yeah the rest is history and then is it usually vod that that's that's where these things tend to end up like um is that your experience your, with your shorts here at select i think so yeah mm-hmm. you know um one of our shorts they which they didn't take to um is on omeletto um which is good and i think you know there's a part of it that after a while it's not even about the money people just want people to see it yeah you know what i mean so um yeah we decided to put silent child on youtube after a while um we just wanted to kind of we just wanted as many people to continue to be able to to access that but that's still on other platforms as well you know people i think in america there's there's different ways of viewing it um so, but yeah, it's 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 on YouTube, and you can you can watch it for free. I'm intrigued to see um, to know what you think about online the festival um, distribution. We had a guest on last week, and we were talking all about he puts all of his short films just on YouTube. Um, and then there's obviously this. We read an article. I think it's a short of the week article, isn't it? Obviously a bit biased, but um, about doing everything at once and submitting online and to festivals because actually a lot of festivals don't mind now if it's online before it's at their festival. I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, um, or advice maybe for someone. Yeah, who's... I mean, listen, I'm not wrong. I'm not right. Like it's just yeah, opinion, yeah. isn't it? Um, but I, I think, I think. Um, there's there's no wrong or right way of doing it, um, but I I prefer to kind of keep some form of exclusivity, um, and I think that comes in with the marketing of a short film as well. Like you know, it, people tend to say, "Oh, where can I see it?" and we point them in the the direction of a film festival. So it creates this buzz. I think it's it's great. It is good. There is something nice about making it very accessible all at once, but. I know that there's some film festivals that that are don't like that. They don't they don't have a problem with that. Um, and then there's other short film festivals that don't mind at all. So I think more are coming round to the idea of this online uh, strategy as well. But um, I think that came from COVID. Really, if COVID didn't happen, I think it would that wouldn't be possible. I, I think I think so. Yeah, for me, I, I like to do a kind of a more traditional route. Um, I'm not saying that won't change in the future. Um, Leader was put online instantly. Um, that was, you know, decision uh, by the the, com- the company that we, we did it through. Um, and that had its kind of own little film, online film festival. But then we took it all around different film festivals all over the world. And that didn't hold it back at all. Yeah. And it's just got into... You know, it, it's the last festival we applied for and it's just got into an Oscar qualifying film festival. Um, and I think their stipulations are, you know, is it OK if you take it offline just for the duration of the festival? It's not like a, it must be. So it's interesting. People are adapting and, and I think having to adapt to it. Just quickly on, on Leader as well. Um, so that project was shot entirely on a smartphone. And I understand you put lenses on, so you you kind of you change the the phone in that way. 
I actually auditioned for that film as well. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I would have oh seen. Dear. I would have seen your tape. No then. way. Yeah, I mean, yes, you do look like you know you have a, 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 a look of Donny about yeah, you. I had yeah. a beard at the time. I thought I might be in the shot. Do you know we had so many people audition for that? I couldn't quite believe it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not even joking. For there was there was more. I think you made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> there was more actresses, I think, than than actors. I think I think we had. 2,500 applications or mm. something ridiculous for the female wow. part and about 1,500 for the male. Wow. I okay. mean... It's crazy. It's a competition. Yeah. It's, it's, um, in, it's insane, really. Yeah. yeah. It is. But yeah, I mean, just on that project, like, yeah, why well, didn't you hire me? Yeah, why, question. Yeah, this is why we're here right now. <laughs> it's like revenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, curious as to if you had any, like, takeaways from doing this project on the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it was such a an amazing experience and I was I was scared to do it because I thought oh I can't hide behind anything I've just got a phone and yes we did use lenses but only for about 30-35% of the film uh, are those uh, are shots with lenses on that most of it is with just the phone you know all the lovely underwater shots just the phone you know it's not even in casing it's the Xiaomi Mi 11 and if I ever had to do underwater shots, I'd just see if I can get that phone. It was brilliant. It was so, it was such a, you know, a, a, a great thing that we could just do that and we didn't have to like get this whole underwater tank. But yeah, I mean, shooting a film on a mobile phone, yeah, I was scared by it, um, uh, which is why I wanted to do it really. I enjoyed doing things that scare me and um, I, it was just, the best thing about it really was being able to put the, the camera wherever you wanted so being able to come up there, there was no um there was no restrictions with what we could do really with the shots and that that was very free and i'm very proud of some of the the, the shots that and and what we achieved and you know it was in the british cinematographer magazine for its technical Did you, you worked with the dp then i guess on that or you yeah, yourself, yeah. yeah. And, and you know um the whole camera team but um ali farahani the dp and neil parsons the first ac they did such an amazing job in coming up with this rig you know um and yeah it's uh, rightly so it's um it they they did such a good job of uh, making that work because it, it can't, I think it, it, there was a lots of complications in putting a lens onto a phone, but like, a, you know, we had like a, like a Zeiss lens, but yeah, I mean the, the crux of, of it, the, the, um, was, was a, a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, isn't it? yeah. Do you think that's where, where it's good, where we're moving? <laughs> do you think more and more? Well, I think a lot of things are being made on phones nowadays, but I do, do, you think, I do uh, think that, I would probably shoot again on a phone. Um, they're getting better, aren't they, all the time? There's definitely a long way to go. You, you're held back in some areas, but I, I've just got, you know, less hung up on uh, the technical side of it. I just think it's more about the vision and the performances and all the other elements. Like, I do feel like you can shoot a good film on, on anything, really. Um, it's it's like a small percentage of the world that would know those details and yeah of course look there's a reason an aria alexa and and all these beautiful prime lenses exist of course but you know can you tell a good story with a phone yeah you can like i'm sure there was a uh tangerine the show yeah there's tangerine there was one nominated for a bafta earlier in the year that was shot all on a phone that i just saw the trailer i was like oh my god that looks amazing i forgot i forgot the, the name of the film it was a female director and she's an actress but 
I haven't seen it, but I just saw the trailer. And I was just like, wow. Okay, I think it's time for our last question for Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, so the last question we always like to ask our guests is, what is your favourite short film or a short film that's had a massive impact on you? That's such a tough question because I, I think I do watch so many short films and there's 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 an endless amount to choose from. But the what honestly, the one that just popped into my head is a film called Souls of Totality. Um and it's a film by a director called Richard Raymond, I believe. And it's basically um, the story of this couple that are in a religious cult. And um, they believe that if they die during an eclipse, they'll go to heaven. Or something like that. I'm sure I've probably done the, the log line. <laughs> no justice at all. <laughs> it but it's, it's something like that. And, and it was actually shot in, during an actual eclipse. Uh, and there was, yeah, there, was an, there was an eclipse um, in August 2017, and so like it's not just an achievement in short film. It's like it's, a, it's it's the most amazing wow. amazing achievement in cinema. Huh. Like, can you imagine the pressure? That's crazy. <laughs> can you imagine if you, right, yeah. if you like get something wrong? Or, How long does the eclipse last? Like, I mean, but it's 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 honestly amazing. But it's not even just that. It's a, if you took that element out of it it's still an amazing short film with oh, great wow. acting great direction great cinematography but just the knowing that going into it that they shot this during an actual eclipse i was just like okay let's see that <laughs> and, and this was this was an example of something that's oscar long listed and in that big pool of films that never uh, went any further mm. and i was so sure that it would get shortlisted and um yeah, I, I um I, I just think it's amazing. If you haven't seen it already, you can watch it for free online. It's it's just on, it's on just YouTube, brilliant. Vimeo. Is that I it? think it. I don't know. It might okay. might be on Vimeo. We'll find it and link yeah. it in the yeah. show notes. I think. Totally. Honestly, just just brilliant. I've I've never met Richard, but if I did, I would just he'd I'd have so many questions for him. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a stunning piece of film, and um, I think he's he's quite an experienced director. Anyway, I think he's done features and stuff, and he's he came back to doing short films for that. I think I think, um, but yeah, what an achievement in yeah, cinema! Amazing. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of directors do come back to shorts, or after they've made features to experiment or to you know get back yeah. on their feet. Talk maybe. to Mark it's, Jenkin; he does yeah. that all the time. He loves yeah. shorts, like um, yeah. yeah. I, th I think I would. I think um, you know, uh, there's a I think there's a director that we're working with at the moment and he's done something like 15 short films I'm just like oh my god wow um wow. yeah and I, I, I think I would as well yeah um, just because they're a different art form you know it's yeah a different and, and thing. also like it, it, they will they're so hard to make short films are so hard to make but like I think they're they're a little bit. They're going to be a little bit quicker than making a feature. I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll let you know in <laughs> if ten I, years yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, that's something I would I would do if the story's right as well. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Amazing. Well, thank you so much yeah. for your time, Chris. Oh, it's been I've really epic. enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah. It's um, been, we've learned a lot just yeah from this conversation, so we really appreciate yeah. it.